When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war and poverty. Oh, wake up all the teachers, time to teach a new way. Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better. Well, wake them up, get them up, get them going. What a weekend it was. Plenty of good, plenty of bad, and plenty of ugly. We'll recap it all for you on a Monday, the 3rd of April. Welcome to the fourth month of the year and a lot to do. It's Masters Week in golf. It's uh, Easter week uh, on the big picture scale, and we have a lot to recap from a busy, busy weekend throughout the ATX and, of course, throughout the state and the world. Hope you had a great one, and we are here to recap it with you here on the show of the people. Appreciate you finding us early and often. That's right. Uh, whether it's on 104.9 on the FM dial, could be 101.9 FM, maybe AM 1260, and streaming always, making it easy to find us digitally on the Horn app, on your smart speaker, and always right there for you on our Twitch channel and, uh, of course, streaming at hornfm.com. Mr. Godbolt. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Hood, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much for what you do. It is appreciated. Thank you very, very much, and bring on the heat. Bring on the heat and the rain, right? You, uh, yes. you predicted a wet week here into uh, Masters Week. I don't think it's going to be wet in Augusta, but uh, Austin, Texas, looks like it could Probably be kind of Wednesday. a you know, damp weekend of the weekend and a uh, lot coming. How was your weekend, my friend? Fantastic. You know, Austin's a cool town, but uh, it gets crowded. <laughs> it can get crowded when they have events all on top of events on top of events like they did this weekend. Um, unfortunately, we got out of town. We went to Denton for an event for my daughter up in uh, North Texas, but uh, heard horror stories of the traffic through downtown and you know, they had the uh, the Country Music Awards last night. The Mike A. Myers Center was hopping with the uh, the track and field that was going on and the Texas Relays. Of course, the Zilker Kite Fest was going on on Saturday. Man, Saturday was just... Beautiful. It was a beautiful day, but it was busy. <laughs> it was hard to get around, too. They also had BK's Road and First Street, like, down to one lane. Right. I mean, come on now. We're for construction. Couldn't get around anywhere. Yeah, it was... Uh, it, and it's, you know, it's just a beginning, really. Think about it. Now this thing really starts up now. It was uh, it was one of those weekends, but it was fun. There was a lot happening here in the ATX. It was an electric uh, feel, and, of course, that was just coming off of uh, the weekends that included Dell Match Play and NASCAR, and it just kind of goes nonstop here. I think they had like 15 different events throughout, throughout Central Texas over the weekend. Uh, T.Y., how was your weekend, my friend? Good stuff for you? It was good. I went to uh, the Tyler Campbell Pro Foundation for Pro Day Yes, I wanted to ask weekend. you about that. I saw you... Uh, 
Uh, saw you in a picture with Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, we're, we're cutting up a little bit. Hanging out with the Longhorn head football coach at the Tyler Campbell event a great on Saturday time night. For a great cause. Great cause, great time, and uh, everything went good. How's Coach Sark? He's good. Good? He's good. I briefly talked to him. I talked to Quan uh, Cosby for a while. It was QC. good to finally meet him face-to-face. He had some good things to say about y'all. So Good. Uh, He's a good man. It was, uh, it was a great a time. Man. Quan's one of the good people. You don't know a lot of those guys, I'm sure, were there at that night. But uh, And was Sark there the whole night, or he just made an appearance or came in and out? I think I actually witnessed his backdoor exit. Once oh, he did he, the Irish goodbye? You know, KK, Later. Our, our lovely KK here at the station got some good pictures of uh, his exit. Where, where, you know, no, well, no, just to where he, he was like, okay, good. I'm getting some pictures. And then I kind of saw him start to make his way there you go. Towards, yeah. towards the door, and then I didn't see him again. So The Irish goodbye. I love good that. Good on him. Yeah. Bucky's a master of that. The master is right. Rod Baber is actually the best at the Irish goodbye. Um, He's stealth. He's kind of like... You're, you're pretty good, too, my friend. Yeah. I witnessed it at Isaiah Collier's wedding when the, you, I was talking to you, and then I looked up, and you're gone. Gone. What? Where'd the buck go? Just it's went good. to the bathroom, and then out the back way. <laughs> out the back. Oh, man. But I'm the I'm the I'm like the, usually the last guy to leave. That's usually my problem. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that was a good part of the uh, great and very busy Saturday and busy weekend. Hope you had a good one. Somebody already texted us to say that... Uh, Weather actually is going to be horribly in Augusta this week. I haven't even looked at that. I did see that Tiger Woods showed up yesterday to practice. This is practice which, round, which means what? Tells you he's be playing. He'll be competing uh, at the 87th Masters, which tees off on Thursday. We'll kind of look and glance forward to the weather and uh, recap your busy weekend. Yeah, the uh, traffic was rough, but a lot to do. I did see a little bit of that Country Music Awards last night and uh, on television. CBS had it. You know, they had the events down on Congress Avenue all last week, which was snarling up traffic as well because they had uh, Congress Avenue shut down from, like, 7th Street through 10th Street with the stages and uh, all the uh, the apparatus there. And they recorded a bunch of stuff throughout the week for the uh, event last night at Moody Center. Country Music Television had their awards. I saw Gary Clark Jr., our friend Gary oh, Clark, yeah. played, had a set there. Uh, a lot of local flavor uh, over there at Moody Center, which was pretty cool. Uh, so we'll take your thoughts if you got to see that. And uh, thoughts from the weekend, the good, the bad, and the ugly, including a rough Sunday for the Longhorns up in Stillwater and baseball. Let's get to the headlines and trending topics. UBO Business Services starts us off. We start with Texas baseball. Yeah, disappointing Sunday in Stillwater for the 21st-ranked Longhorns. Took the first game of their three-game series at 15th-ranked Oak State Friday with a 5-3 win. Saturday, they had their 16-game winning streak snap with a four-run loss. Ran into a red-hot right-hander in that ball game. But the all-important rubber game yesterday, Texas was looking good. Took a 3-0 lead early on a three-run home run in the first inning by Garrett Gilmet. But those were the last runs the Longhorns would score. They carried the 3-2 lead, though, into the bottom of the ninth inning. But the uh, Cowboys would rally against the Texas closer, Zane Morehouse. Uh, Morehouse struck out the first batter of the frame, but then a single up the middle, followed by back-to-back 3-2 walks to load the bases. That follow was followed by a wild pitch that uh, scored the tying run. Then Nathan Schubert singled down the right field line to walk it off for the Cowboys, who won the final two games of that series. They're now 6-3 and three in Big 12 play. Longhorns fall to 4-2 and two for head coach David Pierce. You know, this is a tough league, and we all know it. If they had blown us out, it'd be one thing. You just got boat race, but... To be in a position to win the game and just not do it was very unfortunate. But our team, uh, they'll scratch back. We've got a tough week coming up. Yeah, Longhorns uh, back at it Tuesday night. Uh, rough weekend for the eighth-ranked Texas softball team as well. They went north of the Red River and got swept by top-ranked Oklahoma. 10-2 was the final yesterday. Real gut punch loss came Saturday when Longhorns had a two-run lead in the, in the seventh inning. A three-run walk-off homer. 
snatch the victory away. Uh, college basketball, Kim Mulkey, remember, returned back to Louisiana, her home state, to bring LSU its first basketball championship of any kind. And, well, the Hall of Fame coach did just that in just her second year in Dallas yesterday. LSU rolled past the National Player of the Year, Caitlin Clark, and the Iowa Hawkeyes, 102-85. And LSU are the national champ school's first title in any either men's or women's side of basketball. Mulkey becomes the first women's coach to win two national or one national titles at two different schools, won three at Baylor, of course, before leaving for LSU. Men's championship game is set for tonight down in Houston, San Diego State, facing UConn for the title. That game tips after 8 o'clock, about 8.20 tonight. If you missed it from college basketball over the weekend, Texas guard Tyrese Hunter did announce via Twitter that he plans to declare for this summer's NBA draft, but will maintain his college eligibility. So if he's not happy with where he's projected, he can return and play for the Longhorns this year. He uh, has till June 12th to make that final decision. NBA, Dallas Mavericks tumble out of the playoff race. Continued last night. They lost to Atlanta 132-130. to Latest loss is the Mavericks 7th in their last eight. Drops into the 11th spot in the West outside of even the play-in game. Major League Baseball, first weekend of, the, of action in the books. Texas Rangers, one of three remaining unbeaten teams now. They beat the Phillies yesterday 2-1. They're off to a 3-0 start. Astros lost to the White Sox 6-3 yesterday in Houston. They split their four-game opening series. Round Rock lost to Albuquerque 10-2 at Dell Diamond in golf. PGA Tour was in San Antonio this weekend. TPC San Antonio. The Canadian Corey Connors prior to final round 68 to add a second Texas Open title to his resume. He was also the winner in 2019. He will now join the best players in the world in Augusta, Georgia. 87th play into the Masters this week. Tees off on Thursday. As we mentioned, if there's any question about Tiger Woods competing this week, he answered them yesterday. The 15-time major champion showed up to practice at Augusta National yesterday. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. There's the tweet already. LSU, baby. LSU. Yeah, Kim Mulkey delivered. Second year. Already winning the natty. Yeah, that dude can coach. Ooh. She can flat coach. There's no doubt about that. She, I love the outfit, too. She can dress. She can coach. She's got the swagger and the talk, and her team plays like that, and a lot of people don't like it. Uh, but in the end, she she gets it done. I mean, she walked LSU, and they were not a national power, and now they are national champions. Is that that's the first in any of basketball, isn't it? The yeah, men have never won. Men one, or right? women? Yep, that's uh, that's the first. Either the men's side or women's side for basketball. Of course, they've won in football, right? But uh, not basketball. That's why she went back to her home state. Of course, she went to Louisiana Tech. Uh, Kim Mulkey, where she was a great player uh, back in the day, and then built Baylor into the powerhouse and. Now here she is in year two, and obviously Caitlin Clark and her performance on Friday night wow. to beat South Carolina was just one for the ages. Her 40-point or 41-point performance to knock off the undefeated Gamecocks in one of the great upsets, and they couldn't finish the deal. Almost like they ran out of gas a little bit and ran into a good team in LSU up in Dallas yesterday afternoon. Wow, that was a that that game on Friday night was something. Caitlin Clark, that was that was quite a display of basketball. She was unbelievable, man. I mean, that was. Uh, you know, we, we know we you know the the TV ratings were through the roof. So that was one of the highest rated basketball games on ESPN, men's or women's, in a long, long time because you just couldn't take your eyes off it. She oh, scored. No. She just was uh, like watching Steph Curry in his prime for the Golden State Warriors. Like they couldn't stop her. And of course, South Carolina was on a 42 game winning streak. They were the un, un you know unbeatable force. And uh, this young girl, young lady out of uh, Iowa, took her took them down wow. almost single handedly. I mean, uh, if you're she just back to back games of 40. Yeah, she had a forty-point triple-double in the Elite Eight, and then forty more. And she either po- she scored or assisted on every point Iowa scored in the fourth quarter in the uh, the big upset. But then LSU upsets Iowa yesterday, and Caitlin Clark had like twenty points, but uh, she looked like she she expended all of it in that game against South Carolina. Because if you're watching that game, South Carolina and Don Staley's team is just 
They're big. No, oh, they're the physical now. Physical. I mean, they out rebounded Iowa in that game like thirty to five. I mean, it was crazy how they. Oh, were... you had to make your shots because you weren't getting any rebounds. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it needed that. You know, one once in a lifetime performance to beat them, and uh, you know she was just a little bit better. I mean, they they won every category. They were the more physical. They won rebounding. Uh, they missed some shots, but in the end, Caitlin Clark was just way too much, and uh, they win that ball game. But LSU wins the national championship. We know tonight it's the uh, men's side with San Diego State and UConn for the title. Feels like UConn's title to lose here. They've mowed through this tournament in a tournament of madness on the men's side, where all the you know, lower seeds are winning, all the upsets. And we'd have to call UConn a blue blood, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, I mean they. This won. is a group that's got an opportunity they're, what, they're, to win their fifth and they're kind of a weird blue blood. Years. Like historically, you think of blue bloods like North Carolina and Kentucky and Indiana. If you go way back, right into the history books, but yeah, UConn over the last twenty five years has won five. This could be five, right? Yeah, Jim here, right? Calhoun built Jim Calhoun built them into a juggernaut out of the Big East, and uh, Kevin Ollie won the championship, and now here they are with Dan Hurley. And they're clearly, yeah, if you win a national championship every five years. Yeah, you are. You're a blue blood you'd now. You'd make you blue, wouldn't it? But they, you know, you wouldn't have considered them one. I don't, you know, if you stop a college basketball fan, who are the, the blue blood programs, probably wouldn't name UConn. You'd name North Carolina. You'd name Kentucky, Kansas. Sure. Indiana. Uh, UCLA. But yeah, UConn is putting themselves, or at least into that conversation. I'd put UConn above Indiana. Probably in so. Memory. Yeah, well, you for, Last 20 years. Well, for your age, for sure. Like, yeah. but if you're Buck's age or even my age, you grew up with Indiana and their perfect season in the '70s and Bob Knight and Indiana basketball. But you're right. I mean, without a doubt, the last 30 years it's been UConn, and with continu- continued success. And Dan Hurley has come in and built one hell of a basketball team. Uh, that team is. Or they're built inside and outside. They don't do anything. They do everything well. <laughs> they can beat you from the outside. They got bigs in the inside. They can defend. They can shoot. Uh, they can run just half great half court offense. I mean, they. Uh, they they haven't played a game inside double digits in this tournament. They came no. into the game with uh, Miami on uh, Saturday. And Ty, you started to watch them later in the year in that Big East. They were just they were just dominating team. Yeah, I mean Marquette was the hottest team coming out of that right. conference, but in in this tournament, hands down, UConn has been the best team of the sixty four. Yeah, they haven't had a close game yet, Mm-mm. and you wonder if they will tonight. It feels like San Diego State survived on Saturday with their buzzer beater win. It was an incredible shot. The Butler did it. The Butler did it. Lamont Butler, has, with time running out, uh, nails a you know pull up jump shot from the from the baseline. Dude, I didn't baseline. know if he's going to get that off. I, I didn't, didn't either. Know, I didn't think he knew what how much time was left. He was just keeping keeping dribbling until he got that shot off. I just didn't know if he knew the time. It was the incredible. Time. And, and gosh, for the final five minutes, it just felt like that was Florida Atlantic's game. FAU was going to win that ball game. I mean, they they you could argue they blew it. Uh, they had it, and uh, San Diego State, as we talked about a lot throughout this tournament with the seven seniors and the nine, the two juniors, so nine older veteran players just never crumbled and uh, and found a way. We'll hear the audio coming up of the game-winning shot, but it was you know, classic buzzer beater, without a doubt. Uh, goes into the lore and the history of the NCAA tournament. Uh, I thought Houston came off, I, mean, I thought Houston and Dallas did a great job uh, hosting these events. The Final Fours were both here in the Lone Star State. And tonight, I will, I will give my annual gripe. I don't like the fact that the game doesn't tip off till 8.20 tonight. It's the always the tip time by the NCAA. And obviously with a West Coast team like San Diego State, at least this year for sure it makes some sense that they tip off that late because San Diego, you know, when they oh, tip yeah. off at 8.20, it'll be 6.20 out on the West Coast. So uh, they want that audience as well. And the Aztecs have a chance to win the title. But it feels like out of the, the, the mighty Northeast that it's UConn's title. To lose. I mean, they're just too deep, too good. It felt like the Miami team was the only team that could beat them. And of course, Miami didn't get to shoot 32 free throws against uh, UConn like they did against Texas. 
and uh, UConn handled them. They're just too big. Too big. Too big, too good, too deep. Uh, UConn's just a really talented basketball team. Do we have it, Kai? Yeah, and they're also seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, you, well, and, uh, you know what? You don't it'd be hard to get me to take San Diego State and even take the seven points because it just feels like UConn will overpower them and play over top of them because San Diego State is veteran and, and tough, but they don't have a lot of height on their basketball team. UConn's got a ton of it everywhere. Let's hear uh, Jim Nance with the call on CBS uh, on Saturday night down in Houston. Here was the uh, clock running down. Uh, should San Diego State call a timeout or not? Uh, the coach afterwards said they elected to, as, as the veteran said, no, 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 we, if we get the rebound, when we get the rebound and get a stop here, we're going for it. Taken on, and it's blocked, pulled down by Minson. They have the one timeout, are they going to take it or not? They don't have the scorers on the floor. It's Butler with two seconds. He's got to put it up, and he wins it! He wins it with the jumper! The Butler did it. Lamont Butler. Well, he got down the elbow, didn't he? And I was like, no way. It looked like he was going to get down to the baseline and get caught there. He was like a a tenth of an inch from stepping out of bounds. Have you seen the pictures? Oh, I saw the pictures. Oh, man. He took it too far, and then he almost got himself buried in the corner, and he got back out and uh, gave it a little pivot fake, and see you later, rose up and knocked it down. One of the biggest shots in the Final Four history to give uh, San Diego State the victory by a point, and you heard the horn. I mean, it was simultaneous as the ball was released, the – the light came on, the horn went off. It was a buzzer beater if there ever was one. Boy, this would be a hell of an upset if San Diego could get it done. Yeah, I just don't know if they're big enough. As Ty said, they're you know almost you know more than a touchdown underdog, and that's why. I mean, UConn again haven't the, the game they played with Miami. I think they won by eleven was the final. That's the closest game they've played in this tournament. Remember, they just blistered Gonzaga. I mean, they've run through everybody by double digits, and it's just they just wear you down and over time. It's just uh, you look up and you're like, man, I what are we gonna do? They're just they're they got too- a really nice bench too. Well, let's also remember with UConn, they started the season, if you go back, they were like 14-0 to start the year, and then they hit, right. a, hit a spell. They had some injuries, and they hit a, a cold spell, and that's what tumbled them down to the four seed. Marquette was the best team in the conference, but in the end, you know, they got they got Dan Hurley got them back to playing their best basketball. Because, again, there, there were times during the year into, into January that they felt like, well, they looked like one of the top three or four teams in the country. They didn't yep. play like it through January uh, and into February, but they got it right at the right time, and here they are. Uh, looking to cut the nets down in Houston tonight and uh, bring home the Natty uh, in a wild tournament. Like this in this tournament, go ahead and pick San Diego State because that's kind of the way this tournament has gone. Ty, you gave us San Diego State way back at the beginning. We, we, they were in the same bracket as Alabama. Alabama was the number one overall seed in the entire tournament, and it was you. You're the, you're the first person I heard utter the word San Diego State as a sleeper team, and here they are playing for the Natty tonight. Will you pick them or are you going to ride ride the Huskies? I'll take him plus seven and a half. Take the point. I've, 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 they've taken me this far. I can't. I can't. You know, look back at. That's it. right. You might as well go down with the ship yeah. tonight. You know. And I think you had UConn in your final four, didn't I you? I did. I did. You had them in the championship game. No, I had them losing to Texas. Oh, Homer. No, who knows? <laughs> it just felt like you know the the banged up Longhorns and Dylan DeSue's injury and all the injuries late in that game with Miami. It just uh, you just felt a little hollow that they could have been in that ball game against not Miami. But we know that's not how the season ended. And uh, uh, Rodney Terry was up recruiting this weekend up there in the Metroplex. The number one player in the state for the 2024 cycle was uh, playing some games, and uh, he was up there visiting. Uh, we mentioned in the headlines Tyrese Hunter did declare for the NBA draft. Not a surprise. I think you can see and hear Dylan Mitchell uh, make the same declaration coming up. And it's really you don't begrudge a player and a young person to you know, to no. go through the process. Because the other thing that comes with finding out where you where you stand – 
you also get to you know be in front of league personnel and they get to tell you what to work on and things that they're looking for. And so it's about gaining information for a player. And if you don't, you can come back, hire an agent, which again, in this day and age of NIL, I don't know how you don't do that. That's true. But if you don't blow your eligibility. Somebody's telling you about something. I don't know how. I mean, don't ask me to tell you how you maintain your eligibility while declaring for the draft these days. But in the end, that's Tyrese Hunter's goal. And he he has assured Rodney Terry that if he doesn't go into the draft, he'll come back and suit up for the Longhorns this year. And I think Dylan Mitchell is going to go through the same process. And we don't see Dylan Mitchell on any draft board at all. No. Um, is Tyrese Hunter on any draft board? No. No, I wouldn't say. I see both of them coming back. But again, I I understand a player from wanting to go find out, just kind of see where they stand, and and that that's what the process is for uh, to allow a player to do that and you know come on back. And I think both will will do that. Uh, Dylan D'Souza is another interesting name. I was told uh, last week that Dylan D'Souza they most likely comes back and plays another year for Texas, coming off of uh, uh, the end of the season injury that he dealt with. But what a player he was for the last month of the year for the Longhorns. So we'll follow it. It's that uh, that you know state of college basketball right now where your roster. Just is seemingly always fluid. <laughs> it's always Absolutely. the portal draft, just day to day. You just gotta, you know, put your head down and go to work. If you're Rodney Terry and the staff, that's the other part for Rodney Terry is, you know, you know, maintaining his coaching staff and how he's going to align it because it's now his program. Yeah, because there's a lot of open jobs now. A lot of people will be offering a lot of people different positions on staffs. Well, I think you know, Chris Ogden is on the staff. I think he wants – I certainly know he wants to stay in Austin. But, you know, when he was – when the season started last year with Chris Beard, he had moved into a to a role of kind of chief of staff, and he was, you know, running a lot of the NIL stuff and portal stuff. I mean, he, he, was, mm-hmm. he was not an actual bench coach for the Longhorns. And when the Chris Beard situation happened, he got put back on the bench. I think he'd like to go back into that role with Rodney Terry. You know, Bob Donawald has done a great job. So you may be adding somebody to your Steve staff. Steve McLean. Steve McLean, the former, you know, I mean, we know there were 45 years of head coaching experience on that staff when Chris Beard was dismissed, and that's what helped Texas. And, you know, Steve McLean, Bob Donawald, um, Brandon Chappell uh, on that staff, Chris Ogden, uh, that's the next step for, for, for Rodney Terry is how he, you know, sets his staff moving forward. But that's where college basketball is. LSU, the champs, UConn or San Diego State tonight, Longhorns, Hoping Tyrese Hunter returns, but he's going to go test those waters uh, for the call for the uh, NBA draft. Uh, speaking of the NBA, uh, Ty, your Mavs are falling like a rock. Yeah, I think they're not going to make the play-in tournament. I don't know if I want to make the tournament at this point. It, this that kind of feels like with Jason Kidd at the top that they're just ready for this season to be over. He's given up, <laughs> completely <laughs> given up. I mean, I they played Javale McGee for the last. 30 minutes of the game last night, which is better than Dwight Powell because I've been complaining about that all season and for years. But it's it's hard to watch. It's really because there's so much talent. I mean, Kyrie Irving had like 40 points last night. Luka had like 25, and they're still – still they were in position to win. But all they, they can't defend. They all just, they had to do was make a free throw, and they win that game. Yeah, 132-130 they but lose. On a consistent night. basis, they'd have to defend night in, night out. Oh, and they can't do it. And they can't do that. Well, and Jason Kidd's a defensive coach who has – an offensive We're just team. bumming He's about like, his defense. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a problem. Uh, so it looks like you know at this point, with gosh, the NBA's regular season wraps up in ten days or so, middle of April. There, there likely won't be. There possibly won't be a Texas team in the playoffs. They're, they're going to have to win out because the Spurs and the Rockets certainly aren't making it. They're vying for the top pick, right? They're they're down there at the lottery, at the bottom of the lottery, and now Dallas is falling out of it. So yeah, we may not have a Texas team playing in the tournament. It looks like the Lakers are going to make it, though. They're coming strong. They beat the Rockets uh, yesterday uh, with, with Anthony Davis having a huge game. Everybody Anthony Davis the staying healthy. When does that ankle snap? Well, you know, LeBron had a triple-double. 
you know, Lakers are putting themselves into the tournament, which is fun, and the uh, and the Spurs got a win yesterday, which is good because you know we want the Rockets won the best percentage to get Victor Wenbanyama. They'll show you how to do it. There's some major upsets yesterday in the NBA. The biggest upset since like 1996. Oh, on a on a betting line. Uh, yeah, Portland was 19 and a half point underdogs and won. End of the season. Some teams I mean, are the playing Spurs for were seventeen point underdogs and one. That's one of those times of the year where some teams are playing for something, some teams aren't, and you just never know. Well, you're never gonna. You can't tell. No matter who you put out there, you can't tell them not to play hard. Yeah. And Portland put a bunch of bums out there, but that's bums. Their, that's their one chance they might ever get to play in the bums. NBA. Bums, he says. Bums. Yes. Don't even know who these guys are. All right. So there's some hoops. Uh, college basketball will wrap up and culminate tonight down in Houston. We'll get into the uh, first weekend of the Major League Baseball season. Obviously, that Longhorn weekend, disappointing. You know, for, if you're a Longhorn fan, we'll talk about it coming up. The uh, You got the game one victory in Stillwater, and uh, then you ran into maybe the best pitcher you'll see this year in Big 12 play, and then you let one get away yesterday. So really disappointing for David Pierce. We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, we'll take the good, the bad, and the ugly from the busy weekend. And it's safe to say it was a busy weekend in Austin, Texas. Something for everybody. We'll recap it with you all morning long. We're just getting warmed up here on the show of the people. Craig Way has his report coming. Got some B&E facts of the day. We're glad you're with us. Hope you can ride all morning long here on 1049, 1019, AM 1260. Stream us always on your Horn app, your smart speaker, and at hornfm.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you grab a hold of me, it's Bucky and Aaron. Monday on the Horn. Hope you had a great weekend. Something for everybody, whether you were at the uh, CMT Awards last night, Country Music Television Awards, or Kite Fest, Texas Relays. If you weren't involved in any of that stuff, it was just bad traffic all weekend long here in the ATX, but uh, it was it was uh, crowded. LSU, the national champions on the women's side in college basketball. There is a trending phrase on uh, Twitter right now, Buck, called Bayou Barbie. Bayou Barbie. So they're taking to call Kim Mulkey, I think. They're not talking about that cute coach, are they? Yeah, Bayou Barbie, I guess, is uh, now what they're calling Kim Mulkey, who whatever she dresses in and however she wears it and her flamboyance, she can flat coach, obviously, because in two short years, two seasons, the LSU Tigers are the champions of women's basketball. I think it helped them quite a bit that Caitlin Clark put on that incredible performance on Friday night to knock out South Carolina, right? I mean, uh, derail the freight train that they are uh, almost individually. And then they get, didn't have to play. Then they played it. Yeah, I watched a, that game. Me I too. watched them both, actually. Uh, and and I didn't get to see the game yesterday. We were driving back uh, from Denton. We were up in the Metroplex this weekend. My daughter had an event. Uh, so we were up there. But uh, I was keeping up with the score. But did it look like Caitlin Clark and Iowa were a little bit out of gas yesterday? Or was this about well, LSU's had, defense? I mean, she had to be. And she was unbelievable. But they were also hitting their threes. Well, yeah, that one girl for LSU had 21 points on like seven of seven shooting. Yeah, I mean, the they, were, they, and and they were letting them shoot. I mean, she, throughout the, the the rest of the tournament, she had like seven points. Yeah. And she scored 21 in one half. So it takes to win a championship. I mean, uh, and I do think uh, South Carolina getting derailed helped them a lot. I don't know if they would have beaten in South Carolina because they're just such a good team. But, you know, Iowa had the best player on the floor by a mile. 
and she put on a, a show for the ages. I mentioned the TV ratings in that game. You know, we talk about crossover. I don't know that women's basketball has ever had a better night or better day than they had. I don't had. think so. I mean, because you, you watched it, I watched it, and yeah. they would tell you that uh, the, the TV ratings were the best. It was the most watched college basketball game on ESPN, men's or women's, since like 2008. I mean, go back to a North Carolina game. Uh, with Caitlin Clark on Friday night, and it was just one of those things. If you were tuning in, you couldn't stop watching it because she was, she was just that sensational. Um, so that that game had an average of 5.5 million viewers, which is up 72 percent percent respectively over last year. Ty, did they get you? Did you watch? Come on now, Ty, tell me you were watching. No, mm. it doesn't do it yet. Actually, no. I, I I watched a few games of the women's tournament. Have you? Yeah. You know, that I, I watched the whole thing. That was a great game. I really liked the Miami squad. Uh, Hurricanes? Oh, yeah. Well, Jim Larry like the NIL team. girls. That's who you like. <laughs> they just didn't have enough size. Um, like the Twins. I think if you're watching that game with UConn, this is what, what I mean. my perspective of it was that's why it was so disappointing for the Longhorns not to have Dylan DeSue down low. Now, he's not one of the UConn bigs. No. But Texas needed a big against that Miami team because Miami's a guard-oriented team that likes to play from the perimeter. They have a junkyard dog on the on the block, but – same time, Dylan DeSue, what a difference that could have made for the Longhorns. And obviously we know he wasn't able to go with that bone bruise, that injury. But, uh, by the way, somebody said Angel Reese is the Bayou Barbie. Angel oh, their Reese. center. Yeah, the most outstanding player of the tournament. My bad. I just saw that trending, and I assumed that was that was Kim Mulkey uh, with her outfits and, uh, you know, her flamboyance. But, no, it's Angel Reese uh, who is. Boy, the, that uh, outfit she had on last night, man, the other night. It was just that gold, gold thing. They will. Uh, decide. I really wasn't down with that one. I didn't like that outfit. Well, you, I need boas. She said, "I don't care." She I need said, boas. I don't care. Come on now. I don't care. She said. Uh, I somebody sends me. She has a fashionista that sends oh, that's her clothes right. and she just yes. puts them on. It's like Kirk Herbstreit with his wife, right? Just <laughs> she just lays set, it out on the bed. Set my clothes out. If you want to complain about it, complain to her. Yeah. But uh, yeah, LSU, the champs, UConn, and San Diego State tonight. Uh, on a good, bad, and ugly Monday, and there were a lot of the, all three for the Longhorn baseball team this weekend. The good came Friday with a five to three win behind Lucas Gordon and Zane Morehouse closing it out. But here's the bad and ugly. You know, the Longhorns had five runs on the board after the fourth inning on Friday night uh, for David Pierce. They didn't record a hit the rest of the way. They still won the game five to three because the bullpen closed it down. And look, Oakland State's a good team, but it's almost like after that, if you remove the Garrett Gilmet home run yesterday in the first inning. Mm-hmm. From the fourth inning on Friday through yesterday's game, the Longhorns really didn't hit. Uh, they didn't do much with the bats. Now, on Saturday, let's be honest, they ran into a pitcher. They may not see a better pitcher again this year. I mean, uh, the right-hander for Oklahoma State, the transfer from Long Beach State, uh, Jerron Watts-Brown, was just unbelievable. He threw eight innings. He struck out 12. He was completely in command. But, you know, the, the Longhorn bats, after the, the, the quick start on Friday night, really went to sleep. And yesterday, you felt like when you got a three-run lead early – that you were just going to play add-on, but the Longhorns couldn't. They could not muster another run. They had a 3 nothing lead after the first inning. Uh, LeBaron Johnson Jr. went to the hill, and he pitched himself out of trouble over and over again. He LB- kept getting in trouble. Yeah, LBJ was uh, uh, wild for him, right? He was, you know, he had five walks in the short amount of time he was in the game, but he pitched himself out of it. Uh, he, that's a good thing, right? That's a sign of a good pitcher. He, he got himself in trouble, but he, he got himself out of it. And then, uh, you know, the Longhorns, they were kind of living on the edge all through that game. Um, they gave up a home run to make it 3-2, to two, but they went to the ninth inning with a chance to close it out and get a win. And David Pierce went to Zane Morehouse, who had closed out the game on Friday. And uh, he, you know, he got the first out, and then he kind of lost his command. He walked a couple of batters. He gave up a single, uh, kind of a C&I single back through the box. And then he, uh, 
He walked a couple guys on yep. three two pitches that you know close calls and uh, put himself into a jam. And at that point, you know the then the wild pitch ties the game and uh, Oak State walks it off with a single. Disappointing. You heard David Pierce, and you'll hear more from Craig Way coming up in the Craig Way report. That's just one. If you can get that final out and get out of there, you whatever the bats did, whatever you didn't do well, you take two out of three on the road against a top fifteen team, and you're feeling great. Instead, you come home at four and two in the Big Twelve, and you think, "Damn, we let that ball game get away from us." But they, yeah, they, but you can't be hanging around thinking about that because it just starts right up again, doesn't it? It does. You know, that's that Tuesday game, and then you move right along. That'd be baseball. They're going to play Air Force on Tuesday, and then Kansas State, remember, coming in for an Easter weekend series. It'll be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series uh, for the Longhorns. So they'll play Tuesday, Thursday. Um, And I should let you know that that, uh, I heard Craig say yesterday on the the drive back, listening to Craig and Roger on the call, the K-State game on Saturday, if you're planning to go at Dishwall Field, has been moved to a noon first pitch. High noon on Saturday afternoon at the Dish. Uh, Kansas State obviously wants to get back out of here and get back for Easter. Easter, yeah. Back in Manhattan. So uh, so there you go. But uh, Air Force this week and then Kansas State this weekend. Uh, so, yeah, Longhorns, you can't dwell on it, but you have to kind of re- readjust and figure out what went on with the bats from the fourth inning Friday on because you really didn't hit. Uh, you had zero hits in the final four or five innings of Friday's game. It was really one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Uh, but the pitching made it stand up. And then you didn't hit it all on Saturday against a great right-hander. And then yesterday after the, the one bomb on the hanging slider from Gilmet, you didn't do much with the sticks. And, uh, you know, that's you give Oak State and Josh Holiday a lot of credit. That's a good ball club. Uh, wind was howling yesterday out there in Stillwater. So Longhorns dropped two out of three where it felt like they could have won that series. And Longhorn softball team just got... Oh, boy. Well, they got pummeled on Friday and Sunday, but the, the gut punch was Saturday. They had a chance to beat the number 1 team in Oklahoma with three outs to play, they had a three to one lead, and uh, walk off home run, four to three ball game. See Oklahoma flex their muscles, and I will say that's the first time the Sooners have beaten the Longhorns in any competitive sport this year, this calendar sports year. Oklahoma beating Texas, they beat them three times. Well, they're they're hard to beat at home there. They're the number one team in the country, and that they're they're like South Carolina in basketball, and that's why what Iowa did to South Carolina on Friday night was so amazing that. You just assumed South Carolina would mow right through them, and uh-uh. Caitlin Clark had other ideas. But Texas had their chance to get one of those games, couldn't close it out, and Oak State or Oklahoma takes three. And again, if you go back to the the football, basketball, all the all the competitive sports, the uh, the Longhorns have not lost head to head to Oklahoma this year until this weekend. We'll Dang it! Play, we'll get to see them playing ba- baseball coming. Yes, up. yeah, that's so. Sooners got those. Cowboys got the Longhorns and. Uh, ties, uh, Texas Rangers are off to a 3-0 start. Major League Baseball. What do you think there, T.Y.? How about that? Get your uh, World Series tickets or what? It's early, but yeah, I might be, <laughs> I might be browsing soon. Yeah, don't oh, do boy, that. Don't, don't do, do that, that Mr. Don't do Jinxer. That. No, Rangers are a good ball club. They, I mean, I love, as we said last week in previewing the season, Bruce Bochy was the perfect hire for them. And as we said, the health is going to be the factor. They have to stay healthy if they can with injury-prone players like Jacob deGrom and Nathan Eovaldi and these kind of guys. If they can keep everybody healthy, they're going to be fine. Um, you know, they only played three games. Remember, they had the opening day on Thursday, and then they took off Friday, but then played Saturday, Sunday, and swept the Phillies. Phillies are the defending National League champions, and the Rangers went right through them three yes, in a row. They did. Uh, Martin Perez was really good yesterday. So again, if the if, if that's the if, if the Rangers stay healthy, they'll be in it. It looks like they got a bullpen finally. They do, which has been the biggest issue the past. Well, few you years. better when you go out and invested an entire starting rotation essentially, and you keep Martin Perez. Well, you brought in four new starters. You better have some arms that you can put into the bullpen. Um, you know that's why the Round Rock Express, who are off to a bit of a rough start, could be pretty good this year because a lot of the guys who 
should have been pressing for major league jobs are going to be pitching at AAA because they went out and signed or acquired an entire new pitching staff with the Texas Rangers and hired a new manager. And we know they can score runs. I mean, the Rangers can flat score runs. And they did. The Astros split a four-game set with the White Sox. Uh, every other ball game, White Sox won it yesterday, six to three. But we know the Astros currently not super healthy right now. They don't have Altuve in the lineup, Brantley in the lineup, uh, some other key guys, and uh, that's all right. White Sox are a good club. I, I was pretty yeah. impressed with what I saw from the Pale Hose this weekend. Uh, they'll be in the mix in the NL AL, AL Central for sure uh, this year. So baseball, hey, Phillies. What a terrible way to start the season. Getting swept. They're already mailing in the season. Remember, Philly was a mediocre team for a lot of the year last year and then hit the gas late. Yep. And remember, they got into the playoffs, and they were the Cinderella team. They went through the you know, the 100-win teams and beat the Mets and the Braves and Mets worry, and the Dodgers. Braves will be back. Well, Braves and Mets and Dodgers were the favorites going in, and you know, here, here are the Phillies playing their best baseball at the end. Yep. And it doesn't really matter what you're doing in April. Absolutely. It matters what you're doing come end of the season. But Remember that, tie. It doesn't matter tie. what you're doing in April, okay? Hey, by the way, coming up, we will uh, get some B&E facts of the day from the weekend. Also, uh, your thoughts on the weekend, the good, the bad, and the ugly. What did you uh, take in over this uh, three days since we've talked last? Also, Buck, the uh, i got to give a, a bat and ugly for your team. You know, the Minnesota Vikings in the NFL? Just cruising along, screwing up? No, i got to get you a story that just makes your head shake. Also, uh, in our coaches' corner next hour, we'll talk some Texas football. Uh, coming off of the weekend, that a big scrimmage on Saturday, pretty intense scrimmage, according to Steve Sarkeesian, who Ty was hanging out with on Saturday night. So we'll do some Texas football. And I uh, found over my over the weekend, so far, my favorite mock NFL draft was put out this weekend. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why, and we'll go through some of it. And I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you're going to like it. Uh, maybe if you're a Texans fan, you'll probably like it as well. Uh, and, well, if you're a Cowboys fan, you probably won't like it. Let me say that. You probably will not like it. Uh-oh. Uh, but it's my favorite mock draft so far. We'll get to all of it. First, though, on a Monday morning, here's Craig. It's Bucky and Aaron. Did not see Chris Stapleton at the CMT Awards last night. I don't think he made an appearance. You know who he did see at the CMT Awards at the Moody Center in, in Austin, Texas last night, Buck? Megan the Stallion was there. A lot of ladies were out. Megan the Stallion. Carrie Underwood did her thing. Yep. Uh, Shania Twain still bringing Shania in at 57, yes. 58 years old. She was given a lifetime something or other award last night. I mentioned Austin's own Gary Clark Jr. had a cool performance, which I thought was good. And we'll play. Uh, they did a collaboration last night. Uh, you know, in the in the early nineties, there was a band out of uh, the Deep South called the Black Crows. Yep, one of my favorite bands out of Atlanta. And then not long after that, a band came out of uh, the same area called Hootie and the Blowfish, right? And uh, Darius Rucker who's gone on to be a country star. Well, they did a collaboration last night. Chris Robinson, the lead singer, and Darius did a cover of She Talks to Angels, which was really good, uh, which is pretty cool. And uh, Darius Rucker said that song was an inspiration for a song they put out that was a big hit called Let Her Cry. So they did a, a double of it last night. It was good, uh, I thought. So we'll play some of that coming up. But, uh, yeah, that was going on. We had kite festivals. We had track and field events. We had beautiful birthdays. We had a lot going on in Austin and throughout this uh, weekend. Plus, we've got the final four, the national championship game tonight on the men's side. Women's win it yesterday. Uh, went down with LSU, winning the national championship. A lot of people think uh, uh, we're disappointed that Caitlin Clark of LSU uh, didn't, wasn't named the tournament's most outstanding player oh, in, a, in a losing effort, right? You can do that. You could give the losing team the best player. Uh, Caitlin Clark, I think she got close to Cheryl Swoop's all-time record of points in a single NCAA she broke tournament. It. She, she did broke break the it. record, yeah. She had 30 last night. Yeah, she had 30. She needed 17 going into the game to get there. She had 14 in the first quarter. So she goes past Cheryl Swoops, most single points in a tournament of all time. 
probably should have been the MVP. You can do that. You know, don't lose, don't win the game, don't win the match. The I mean, the championship goes to LSU and Kim Mulkey, but Caitlin Clark was the tournament's most outstanding player. That's not even debatable. Do you no, think she, she could? Fire. Do you think she could play on a on a men's team? No, at no. some level. No. no, not even like D three. No, no. She played. She won a state championship in AAU on the boys' team as a starter in high school. Well, I don't. If you're asking, I say no. But do you think she well, just defensively? It would just get just yeah, size and you know physicality. But she's amazing, and I just I think those she's got a great crossover and jumper, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I mean, she's unbelievable. I mean, she is spectacular, and her, you know, we talk about. She have another year. She has um, another year before. She got one more I don't year. Know right? I don't think so. No, she's done. I mean, I, I'm assuming she'll go get paid. I mean, I you could probably make more money in NIL in college than you could in the WNBA, right? Well, I mean, she's I mean, she's amazing to watch. There's no question about that. And that's why the TV. I mean, you could compare it to what you know Larry Bird and Magic Johnson did for men's basketball back in the late '70s. I mean, uh, people just were glued to watching um, those two guys play and go head to head. This I mean, people were watching this this young lady play basketball coming off of the uh, the Sweet 16 like nothing we've ever seen before. Uh, crossover appeal. Maybe never before, and I think she should have been the most outstanding player of the tournament. But you know, LSU the champion, so um, you know they got the the uh, the honor there, which you know should have been Caitlin Clark. Because you think about the 2023 March Madness on the women's side, who was the best player for you know 20 years from now? Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark. Oh yeah, that was the year Caitlin Clark was so amazing. Um, just like Cheryl Swoops was back in 1993. But uh, that's, yeah, that that lasted a long time too, didn't it? What's up with Kim Mulkey, like? Shoving the refs in the middle of the game. Have you seen these videos? On, I have not. On I, I told you I was driving back from the Metroplex, so I, I was keeping up with the score and uh, listening to the baseball game. I'm just not. I'll send it to you. But like, supposedly Caitlin Clark got called for kind of a a ticky tack technical at one point that kind of turned the game in the fourth quarter. And there's like five videos of Kim Mulkey like like shoving the ref down the floor and never got called for anything. I'll, I'll send it to you. Uh, she does have one more year, Caitlin Clark, so that'll be something to look forward to for next year. For the Iowa Hawkeyes, she has one more season of eligibility. Um, we'll get you in the headlines coming up. Tyrese Hunter has made his declaration for the Longhorns. It's good news, bad news on a good, bad, and ugly Monday. Uh, also, I mentioned your Minnesota Vikings, Buck. Mm-hmm. You see the story over the weekend? You know, they just built that brand-new, beautiful football stadium sure. in Minneapolis. Seven years old. It needs $300 million in upgrades, according to the team. They underspent spent for it originally, huh? Open in 2016. Come on, man. $300 million in the repairs? Don't want another collapse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember when the, the Metrodome collapsed like a balloon? That was terrible. What bank is paying for it? The banks? I don't know. Come but on, they need, they need They need three, th- another uh, 300 mil. 280, actually. 280. That'll round up, though. You know that. Come on, Vikings. Are the Detroit Lions the favorites in that division? No. Come still on, the, man. Still the Vikings. The yes, might, the, they are. The Motor City Kitties, the Fighting Dan Campbells? No. I think they might be. I agree Let's see you. what they do in this draft coming up in April. Pick 6 and 18 and an early pick in the second round. I don't know. Lions could be rolling right past your Vikings. Because you know the, the Packers won't have Aaron Rodgers anymore, and the Bears are still the Bears. Come so. on, the Bears don't still suck. And they're going to be better, but they're still not going to be very good. All right, we'll get to all that coming up, plus your uh, mock draft that I love so far out of the NFL. We've got uh, Texas football conversation, and you had the Longhorn baseball team let one get away yesterday in a big way. It's being on the horn.